All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Three weeks to go in the regular season, but this week will be the determining factor for where the Oilers finish. Let's get into it with the lead. Live on Oilers Nation every day from the Sports Closet studio. Sportscloset.ca, you can check them out online. Also three locations in the Edmonton area. Get geared up for the playoffs. You already know about it. We are live on the Nation Network YouTube, which after this show, the second this show is done, we are rebranding. We are going to be Oilers Nation on YouTube. We mm-hmm. finally got rid of those pesky Canucks Army guys. Those finally got Leafs. rid of those pesky Leafs Nation guys, Alberga and Rose Hill. <laughs> and now we can just be Oilers Nation. So there you go. If you haven't been subscribing before because you were like, ah, Nation Network, yeah. Now you can subscribe because it is Oilers Nation on YouTube. So we will go in to the chat on the Oilers Nation YouTube. QF Pro got the first comment of the day. I'm going into withdrawals and it's only a two-day break between Oilers games. Give me something to cheer for tonight. Well, yeah, the two days off kind of suck. Luckily, especially when the NHL only puts three games on the NHL slate tonight. Yeah. And like, I don't even think they're good games like Arizona, Colorado. We don't care about New Jersey, Buffalo. Don't care about Islanders, Columbus. We don't care about Uh, things. Don't get interesting again in terms of the Western Conference playoff picture until tomorrow. So we'll have a short for giant game day because Oilers Golden Knights is a massive one on a Saturday night. But there is a lot to get to around the NHL. Uh, We're going to be joined by our pal Mike McKenna in about. 
15 minutes time here. We're going to go through every division in the league with McKenna. So two days off for the Oilers gives us a chance to maybe take a look around uh, what else is happening in the NHL. We're also going to drill in on the Pacific Division a little bit with Mr. McKenna. The former NHL goaltender was also a former analyst with the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm. So he'll give us some unique insight into what's going on there with the Oilers opponent for tomorrow. But I said off the top that this next week, the next seven days is really going to determine where the Oilers finish this year. In those, in that span, they're going to play Vegas twice and they're going to play the LA Kings. That's huge. This right here will decide if the Oilers are top of the division, number two in the division, or if those are both totally out of reach and they're going to be fighting for that third spot in the division. Now, if you go 4-0 and in this week and you're all of a sudden, I mean, you'd be on a nine-game heater at that point. So <laughs> I'm not saying I'm expecting that by any means. That is not where the bar is set. But if you were to do that, okay, now all of a sudden it's, it's first place in the Pacific or bust at that point. If you mm-hmm. were to go the reverse of that and go like 1-3 only beating the Coyotes, well, then you're going to start worrying a little bit more about the Seattle Kraken. You've lost that top spot in the division. You've lost home ice probably at that point, and you're just going to be fighting for third. Yeah, the others are they're in the thick of it right now, and it's it's where you want to be at this point in the season, playing mm-hmm. meaningful games and not just meaningful games against to a playoff spot, but meaningful games to to win your division. And I think we've all believed all along the others have the ability to get to the top there. And now this is it. This is the the big week, the exam week, one might say. Exam week. I like that. That's a that's a good way to spin it. Uh, Maynard says, ho-hum games on the schedule tonight. Netflix, I guess. What are you watching, Maynard? What are you watching? You got, got, well, you I got, got a bunch of Big Brother Canada on the PBR. I got to watch Big Brother Canada. Andrew and I started watching Modern Family last night. Ah, yeah. I dug back in. That was my... That's uh, a good one. That was, that's a good like unwinding before bed show. Yeah. Just an easy watch. Yeah, it is a... It is a fun one. Yeah, I've uh, also been just getting into it for the first time. It's always sunny and going through that on my mm, first run. Producer Aaron wanted me to say that. I, I wondered what he said. To yeah. be uh, Tyler Mulek, contenders or pretenders this week will decide it. Lance, how do I subscribe to this new Oilers Nation channel? We're just changing the name of this channel. And this channel is going to be dedicated 100% to only Oilers content going forward. Uh, Leafs Nation, they're on their own channel. They hit 1,000 subs. Canucks Army, they're on their own channel. 1,000 subs. What about Blue Jays? Blue Jays? We'll talk about that closer to opening day. Because we might have some fun stuff going on with the Jays this year. Alec Manoa, (laughs) named opening day starter for the Bluebirds. What's the rotation? Manoa, and then it'll probably be Gosman two. Mm-hmm. Three is going to be um, Jose, Barri- Jose Barrios. Kikuchi's getting a spot. John really? Schneider announced that today. Uh, his ERA was like an even one across spring training. He oh. was lights out in spring ball. Wasted um, all his good games. Yeah, so Kikuchi <laughs> is getting a spot in the rotation. And Chris Bassett, the guy they got from the Mets, he's probably going to be there oh, four. Yes. So it'll go, yeah. Barrios and Bassett, I guess, might flip-flop in that 3-4 spot because Barrios didn't look that good in spring training. Um, but the Jays actually have a pretty solid rotation. If you say Kikuchi is going to have a bounce-back year, but none of you are here to talk about that. Um, as Maynard says, baseball preseason is way too long. Jeez, it absolutely is. Hmm. Um, Tyler Mulek says he just started The Last of Us. Yeah, I haven't got into that one yet. And neither have I. I'm not really like a zombie guy. Is it? It is kind of like a zombie show. Yeah, right? I saw eh? that one clip of where the zombie kisses the lady, and I was like, "Oh my 
Good God. Yeah, you're not I into thought that. other crazier things happen in our ledge, and that's the wildest <laughs> thing that's ever gone down there. Uh, Tyler Mulek wants to know coffee or tea in the cup? That is a, that is a coffee with some oat milk. And it's piping hot. Uh, yeah, I can't even drink it. It's yeah. smoking. We're gonna, do you want to take the top off? Let it cool off a little bit? I don't bit? want to spill. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Lance says he's powering through all the Simpsons episodes for the third time on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Chris Noss says The Last Kingdom is a great show on Netflix, so if you're looking for something to watch uh, tonight. Nico says, you miss an Oilers Nation Germany yet. We absolutely are missing Oilers yeah. Nation Germany. They put out, um, Nicholas from Oilers Nation Germany put out a great thread of what they got up to on like a day-to-day basis on his Twitter. I retweeted it, so go check that out. It was... It was cool to see everything they got up to. They had, a, they had an absolute blast. And they, they keep it to their word. They've been active on social since they left. Uh, a couple people said the infected part of Last of Us is barely a part of the show. So there you That's go. Maybe, maybe you will like it. Maybe, but I don't want to be teased. And then eventually someone gets their head ripped off. Mm. No. Yeah. That's too spooky for you. <laughs> that is. Uh, all right. Tyler Mulek wants us to get back to the hockey talk. We have lines at practice today. From the Edmonton Oilers, courtesy of our very own Jason Greger. McDavid, Kane, Yamamoto is your top unit. Dreisaitl, RNH, Hyman on line two. Bukestad, Ryan, Fogel is line three. Shore, Costin, Yanmark um, is line four. Greger says he won't be surprised if Ryan and Yanmark switch lines. McLeod is on the ice but will not play. Dylan Holloway has been skating down in Bakersfield now as he mm-hmm. works his way back from an upper body injury. Uh, but I'll, I'll zero in on the top six, I guess, for a second here and talk about that. I thought some of the Oilers' best shifts last game came when it was Ride, Dry, and Kai. I thought yeah. that those three, Nuge, or Nuge, Drysidal, and Yamamoto, put together some really, really good shifts. I would have liked to see those three together and go McDavid, Kane, Hyman, get a couple of hard four checkers up there with Connor McDavid. I don't hate this by any means. In fact, I kind of like messing around with a few things right now because why not try everything? Also, if it doesn't work, just find a way. They could also be going 11 and seven, which is another part of this because you see Broberg as the seventh D. It might be Devin Shore out, Broberg in. Mm -hmm. Big game like tomorrow, I wouldn't mind going 11 and seven at all. Um, yeah, I think this is pretty standard though. Nothing really jumps out. Skinner starts, not surprising either. Yeah, no, you definitely got to go with Skinner tomorrow. Um, I thought Evander Kane had a really good game against, um, Arizona the other night, actually. His effort was fully there. He seemed to be engaged every time he was on the ice, which wasn't there against San Jose. So that's a good sign to see. But yeah, I don't mind these lines. I do agree though. I think Yamo works better with dry saddle than maybe McDavid, but. I can see why they would put him with McDavid because he's just he's just got that extra bit of speed to him over a Hyman, right? So he mm-hmm. can get the pucks a little bit quicker. But defensively, I think I would go seven as well. I I, I think Clem Shady's got to stay in the lineup a bit more right now. Not I like him. Yeah, I don't think he's been playing great, but I think the my my point is I think you've got to try and get his groove back. You know, we haven't seen that Clem cost him for a while now, so I wanna I wanna see him get moving there. Uh, Rip City says go ride dry and high, which is what they're doing. So it still works. The nickname still translates pretty well to this new top six. But I agree with you. I want to see Clem Shady uh, stay in the lineup on a little bit more of a consistent basis. Is it drinking Tempo? I barely. I was going to say you've left it for like three minutes. (laughs) I don't think it got that much colder. It is is full and hot. Can I tell you something that drives me absolutely bananas with Evander Kane? 
I'm interested to know if you picked up on this in the last game and it's seeping into his game a little bit more. There was a play. He was back checking through the neutral zone. He is a stride away from the guy at one point. Mm. Instead of just trying to giddy up and catch up to him, he totally stops taking strides and just bangs his stick on the ice a bunch of times, trying to trick the guy into dropping the puck back to him. And then he did it again. He did it again in uh, in the defensive zone in the second period where he was floating up top. His guy kind of went around him and swung down low. So he just started banging his stick on the ice. It's like, dude, this isn't beer league. Like guys yeah. aren't falling for that all that often. <laughs> Make an effort, like take a stride. Don't lose your guy. Try to catch up. Try to knock the puck off his stick. I don't like this whole just blah, 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 blah. Austin says it drives me nuts. Like it Honestly, if I was a coach, my blood would be boiling at that. And it's interesting too, because I'm thinking back to the San Jose game when the first goal that like Campbell gave off that juicy rebound off his trampolines, but Kane was the closest guy there. And I wonder if he tried to do that stick tapping thing then. And that's what stopped him from getting closer to, I yep. think it was uh, Bob Bonov, whatever his name is. So yeah, just kind of just check down hard, man. And go. It's just a, it's a easy play. It's giving up and being like, ah, I'm not going to catch him. Yeah. Bang my stick on like sometimes I think it, it can work, but like not in all, every time you're going down and do it. But yeah, that is a, it's a funny observation. Yeah. Um, some people pointing out some uh, changes with Vegas or things that might be going yeah. on tomorrow. They actually put out a tweet not that long ago. They are missing a lot of bodies tomorrow. Um, yeah, big Riley Smith has gone back to to Vegas with it a with it, just calling it an injury. Logan Thompson going back with an injury. Alec Martinez personal reasons. That is a top six consistent scorer. That is their number one goalie in Logan Thompson, and that is one of their better defensemen, the top four D man. So Vegas missing a couple of really important pieces in this lineup. Uh, if you want to talk, well, let's just go through this. What are they going to be missing in a guy like Riley Smith? 24 goals in 72 games on the season. Um, a guy that, again, pretty consistently puts up a good amount of offense for them. The most concerning one here, and we're going to talk about it with Mike McKenna, so I won't drill too far into it now. Logan Thompson missed over a month. Mm-hmm. In fact, he went almost two months only having one game played. He played on January 28th against the Islanders. All-star break, all that. February 9th against Minnesota, he gets hurt returns yesterday for the game against the flames makes it 53 minutes through that hockey game leaves again with an injury is going back to Vegas. Won't be available obviously for tomorrow night's game. That is a big, big story to keep an eye on in Vegas because yes, I know everyone's like, Oh, well they went out and got Jonathan quick. Jonathan quick could, you know, be pissed off and come in and give them solid minutes. I don't see that as happening. I know he got off to a decent start with the Vegas golden Knights. His numbers are solid with them. 908 save percentage, 293. But this is a guy who was not good through the regular season this year with the LA Kings. Struggled towards the end of the last regular season with the LA Kings. Was good in the playoffs. I'll give him that. But after playing well in his first couple appearances in a Vegas jersey, gave up three goals against Philly, six against Calgary, three against Vancouver. Was a perfect five for five in his relief appearance yesterday. But I, I don't think this is a guy who can sustainably keep things rolling between the pipes for the Vegas Golden Knights. In fact, it's one of the reasons I would prefer to play Vegas over or over a team like LA is because in the crease, if Thompson's not healthy, I would love to get a chance to go up against Jonathan quick. Like you look at a guy like this again, he missed a month with a lower body injury and then re aggravated it. His first game back. This doesn't feel like something that's only going to keep him out a couple of days. You don't send him back to Vegas if he's only going to be out a couple of days because you'd want him practicing with the team. 
if I was a Golden Knights fan, I'd be wildly concerned about this. Yeah, this is uh, this is not good for Vegas. It's good for everyone else in the division. But I guess quickly on Jonathan Quick too, like his numbers are just as bad as Jack Campbell this season. He has an 82 yep. and so does Jack Campbell. And Campbell, the last few games is kind of when it's dropped off massively mm-hmm. even more for him. But that's the kind of goal they've got. I think they kind of got the effect of like a new player coming in and wanting to do well right off the top. We saw it. We've seen it with coaches in the past too, right? Mm-hmm. It's a similar effect. So yeah, for Vegas to go into the playoffs, like at least it is Jonathan Quick and somebody who does have that experience. Like Aiden Hill has been better than expected for them this season, but you want your number one goalie there. And it looks like Logan Thompson is, is going to struggle to stay healthy at this point. He's Maybe they'll just shut him down until game one of the playoffs. But even then, like, do you want your goalie sitting there Getting yep. cold. He just showed that when that happens, he can re-aggravate the injury. Like, man, I don't know. Yeah, that is a, a one. no Thompson, potentially. Mark Stone, massive, massive question mark. <laughs> Things aren't going well for Vegas. And this is the second year in a row where it feels like injuries have really started to derail them. Also potentially missing Smith and Martinez. As we get a look at the Western Conference standings, our pal, Friend of the show, even though he's never been on the show, Matt Iwanek. Uh, 14 is the Oilers' magic number right now. I was texting with uh, old Matty Lukewarm and uh, asked him to explain this a little bit. This magic number is between the Oilers and the Jets. Because if the Preds were to win all their games in hand, they would pass the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, magic numbers are supposed to outline kind of like a best slash worst case scenario here. So 14 points between the Oilers and... And the Jets is the magic number. If Edmonton wins tomorrow night, that number drops to 12. Vegas won last night, barely hanging on against the Anaheim Ducks. They play LA tomorrow at 2 o'clock Mountain. So if Edmonton were to win, it drops it to 12. If LA were to beat Winnipeg, it would drop the magic number to 10. So that's kind of how you get the magic number to work there. Uh, Last night in the NHL, there were a couple of games of note. Like I said, Winnipeg did beat the Anaheim Ducks. Dallas beat Pittsburgh by a score of 3-2. to Vegas just held on against the Calgary Flames 3-2. to A big, big loss for Calgary, especially when you consider Nashville and Seattle had a dreaded three-point game. The Kraken lost in OT which is good news for the Oilers because now Seattle still sits a full four points back of the Edmonton Oilers. They have a game in hand, but again, Edmonton owns that tiebreaker. Yeah. So them getting that point is almost in a way inconsequential because you're four back of the Oilers and Seattle can't just tie them. They need to jump them in points if they want to actually pass them in the standings. That's the beauty of Edmonton winning a ton of games in regulation and building up some a, a bit of breathing room with that tiebreaker there. What do you think is going to go down in Calgary this summer? Like, what do you think the outcome of this disaster is going to be? Because that team should not be where they are. They should, quite frankly, be competing for mm-hmm. the Pacific title with the other three teams going for it right now. Like, absolute mess. And Sutter, didn't they just sign into a new deal? Like, I know Tree Levin's yeah. up, and it's just like so many factors in this of the fact that, like, so many players are tied to contracts now, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, the extensions for Uyghur and Huberto haven't even kicked in yet. Yeah. And I get it. If you're Brad Tree Living, you didn't want to go into the season with those two new shiny acquisitions uh, as pending UFAs, right? You wanted to show to the fan base, we won that trade. We got two guys who want to be here and traded a guy who didn't want to be here. But I would imagine there's some buyer's remorse here. We heard Mackenzie Weger's name in trade rumors ahead of the deadline. 6.25. That guy is good. I like him. I actually think that's a fine contract. But when things aren't going well, you question 
committing to players for that long. Jonathan Huberto, I mean, the guy's salary is almost going to double next year from 5.9 to $10.5 million against the cap. I'll get Mike McKenna's thoughts on it because again, we're probably a little biased about the way things are going on in Calgary, but it's ugly, man. It is ugly, ugly, ugly. It's yeah, it's, it's not good at all, especially with like Huberto. He's um, underperforming incredibly, like an understatement, I think, Mm -hmm. but he's not being put in positions to succeed. Like wasn't, I think it was Frank that tweeted last night is like, where's your $84 million player in the last minute of the game? Like, yeah, like Sutter doesn't put him out there. So it is to me, it comes down to one man. And if you're the owner of the Calgary flames, I, I think you got to get rid of Sutter, to be honest. I think tree living's actually done a reasonable job. I know he's only won like two playoff rounds, but the teams he's put together, like this team he has together on the ice right now should, should be way better. Yeah, Twisted Twisted says it's lovely to see the tire fire just south of us after so much promise last year. Kachuk sitting at 97 points is the icing yeah. on the cake. And yeah, I think uh, that's that that is something, man. Like again, they were itching to prove that they won that deal and it's kind of starting to backfire a little bit and part of it is it's it's square peg round hole between Sutter and Huberto. It's just mm-hmm. not a fit. Yeah. That well, Florida got the best player in that trade. When, yeah. it, when it happened. And a lot of people will say, as long as you got the best player in the deal, you won you the win. trade. So the Ekholm trade. I was just o- going to say. Oilers gave up a lot. I'm not saying they didn't, yep. but Ekholm is the best player in that trade. And now he's probably the best defenseman on the Oilers. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. You don't care about the price if you get the best player yeah. in the deal, right? And I know there's probably some exceptions to that and things can age differently. Like, you know, at the moment of Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg, you were <laughs> like, hey, listen, they got Erat, serviceable player, better player. They got the best player in the trade. Okay, well, a couple of years down the line, it was apparent they did not get yes. the best player in the trade. A lot of chat about goaltending in the chat right now. A lot of talk about the Pacific Division and who you maybe don't want to face in round one. We're going to get to that, and we're also going to go around the NHL with Mike McKenna, whose appearance is brought to you by Star Mechanical, one of Edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the last 20 years. They got 24-7 emergency service. If you want to find out more, you can go to starmechanical.ca. Find them on Instagram as well, or give them a call, 780-481-8873. Quality work with Star Mechanical quality analysis with our pal Mike McKenna. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mike, the chat is buzzing here on Oilers Nation every day uh, with people talking. It's a quiet night in the NHL. Only three games. None of them are really that big in terms of the playoff race. So everyone's sharing what they're watching on Netflix or streaming tonight. Show are you into right now, Mr. McKenna. Dude, I don't get to watch TV. I just want to watch all <laughs> hockey. Um, no, I really, man. Actually, you know what? There's a new season of Top Chef that I just... I die for every week. I love it. Uh, so that's been number one. Uh, I watched Wednesday recently. I still watch Jersey Shore occasionally as a complete guilty okay. pleasure. Um, started to try to watch The Last of Us, but I didn't like the first episode. So, yeah, bottom line, dude, I don't watch a lot of TV or Netflix because I don't have time. There's 32 teams in the league. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Last of Us filmed in Edmonton. I'm sure you were aware of that, though. Um, so it's got quite the connection to the city. Uh, let's talk a little bit of hockey. The Oilers are going to go toe-to-toe with the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow, Mike McKenna. And yesterday they got dealt something with Logan Thompson re-aggravating his injury. Um, how much, like if Thompson is out for another stretch of time, how much does his presence impact the way you view Vegas as a playoff threat? Be honest here, man. I really don't think goaltending's mattered much in Vegas. Like I, mm-hmm. Every team will play it up like it has, but no matter who they've rolled out, the team continues to win. So I think for the rest of the regular season, it's whatever. But if you're starting to, starting to think about the playoff run, there's so many question marks in Vegas in the goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, first, can Jonathan Quick play like 2012 Jonathan Quick or 2014 Jonathan Quick and not like the goal he'll last five years? Um, that remains to be seen. He's had a couple of good outings with Vegas. Uh, he's also had some not so good outings. And that's the reason why his numbers have looked like they have the last five years inconsistency. Uh, Aiden Hill, he's not even been talked about right now as being healthy. Laurent Persois might be healthy again soon. He probably is the most technical guy of the four that they have on NHL one-way contracts. But he's also a low 90% save percentage career guy, you know, with no playoff experience. So bottom line, I think in Vegas, all roads lead to Jonathan Quick in playoffs. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, And I just wonder how it's going to go. Because if they can continue to proceed like they have during the regular season, where goaltending, frankly, hasn't mattered as much as it's been made out to be, they might be okay. But, but boy, when you're going against top-end teams, it makes me real nervous with a goalie that hasn't finished in the top half of the league, uh, save percentage-wise, in the last five seasons and got jettisoned out of L.A. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure they'd like to have Thompson, but it sure looked like he re-injured what I thought was probably a hip last time. He missed six weeks. Go off the ice holding your hip again. That doesn't bode well, man. That doesn't seem minor. He got right off. It wasn't like it was a, a lingering thing. It happened in the game, and he skated off. That's a bad sign, guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, question marks in the crease in Vegas. In Edmonton, kind of no question at all about who's going to be the night one starter in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It'll likely be Stuart Skinner, Mike. And our chat right now, there's some Oilers fans mm-hmm. who are, 
you know, battling with the idea of should they be nervous about a rookie goalie going into the playoffs? Do they have reasons to be concerned or from what you've seen from Skinner, do you think he can be that guy to lead the Oilers through a playoff run? I think he'll be fine. Um, I, I don't think that you should have overwhelming confidence that Stuart Skinner is going to go out and steal a series um, or even steal a lot of games, right? Like to me, he's just been a very consistently good goaltender. Not great most of the time. Very few poor outings. A team like Edmonton, that's really what they need for me. Like I'd rather have Stuart Skinner out there allowing 2.75 or 3 a game and knowing you're going to get it every night than having the uncertainty of what comes with Jack Campbell in the crease. So can Stuart Skinner win a Stanley Cup? That's what it comes down to. You know, I'm not sure of that. You you get down to the conference finals and then the Stanley Cup finals. You typically need some pretty high-end goaltending, but not always. So I believe Skinner is consistent as is about as consistent as they can get. I, I like his stability in the crease. I wish he handled the puck better. That always kind of lingers with me a little bit. Um, but I think he could be fine. I just don't know if you can win a cup just yet or if that'll be the ceiling ever. Um, Mike, so on Wednesday, the Oilers played at 830 Mountain Time. As someone outside of Edmonton, do you think that start time was kind of ridiculous on like a national stage or did it get overblown? Because people were not happy about it. I went to the game. I got home at midnight. Well, the other thing too, like the puck didn't drop till 8.52 or 8.56 Edmonton time, which means it's 10.56 on the coast. Like having McDavid in those games, that starts so late for people, even in your time zone, Mike. Like, isn't that a little crazy? Mm -hmm. Well, it's just kind of the byproduct of what we have. I mean, it happened in St. Louis I think a week and a half ago, the Blues played in the same way. The puck didn't drop until like 8.50 local time in central time zone. And I'm talking to friends and they're all saying, well, not going to this one, right? Anybody with kids, you're not going. And mm. I mean, I think that is part of the, it's part of the tough spot the league's in and having a super, having their best player out in the mountain time zone in McDavid. You know, you wish you could get him in prime time more often than is currently allowed for, but it's just the reality of it. So I don't think it's, good from the paying fan standpoint. And I always think that we should serve them first. But when you're trying to offset TV times and you're just trying to get McDavid on air in the first place or give as much of a chance for people to see him, sometimes that happens. So listen, I don't like it. No player likes to play that late. Um, But I think we all just kind of accept that it's the reality of the TV driven world that we live in. And if you're trying to bring in some revenue that way, which every major sports entity is, that's just life. So it's one of those deal with it moments, I think. Yeah, fair. Uh, before we let you go, because you're a busy guy, you're going to be on SiriusXM later this afternoon as well. I wanted to get your thoughts on some, you know, basically the situations outside of the Pacific. And we'll start in the Central, which is where you are in St. Louis. Dallas leading the pack right now in that division, but the Stanley Cup champs are lingering in the Colorado Avalanche. Which one of those teams do you look at in the Central as being the toughest outcome playoff time? You know, as it stands... I think it's the Dallas Stars. That's the team that I really look at. Uh, Now, Colorado to me is, we don't know how they're going to hit their stride. I I mean, it could be argued that they have hit it again, but, you know, what if Landis Scott comes back? How different does that team look? Like, to me, way different. It's their captain. Like, he's a heartbeat type of player. Um, But I just watch how plucky Dallas is. Like, even look at last night, man. Like, Pavelski and Ben score like two minutes apart in the third period and just – run away with a game that they weren't very good defensively. 
because <laughs> Ottinger was awesome too. So um, I, th- I think that Dallas is the tough out in the West. I think Colorado is going to be kind of unpredictable, you know? Like I, I could honestly see Colorado losing in like five games if one or two things went wrong as opposed to last year. It was no, no chance they were losing out until the finals, it felt like. They were just on that type yeah. of heater. Yeah, you're right. Like they lost seemingly a bit of a layer of depth, right? Burakovsky gone and Kadri gone. And because you gave money to Nachushkin, you couldn't really go out and replace either of those two guys at the same level. Injuries have decimated their blue line. I, What do you think about their goaltending? Do you, are you a believer in Gorgiev? Uh, see, that's one that I've been stuck on. I, I've, yeah. I, I'm nervous about Georgiev. Uh, and here's the thing. The guy's been cracking along at about a 920 save percentage all year. And of course, that narrative turns into he's been phenomenal. And he has for stretches, but Georgiev's a really emotional goalie, man. And he tends to ride the roller coaster. Like what you've seen in Edmonton with Jack Campbell, kind of to a lesser scale, you'll see with Georgiev. He'll have three, four games, five games where he's just not feeling it. And then he comes out and knocks the doors off for the next three or four, you know? So um, I, I think he's been good for that team. I don't know how to expect him in a playoff series. Again, I, I think he his emotions run pretty hot. You know, there were even times with the Rangers where it felt like he got in his own way um, and teammates way. Okay. It's a two-way street, you know, when it comes to things, thinking back to him and D'Angelo, like, I don't yeah. think Georgiev got into it with D'Angelo by just sitting there and looking at him. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're when the stakes are high and your back's against the wall, it remains to be seen. So I am very much in the show me state of Missouri. I'm very much show me when it comes to Georgiev. He needs to prove it to me. I think he's got the skill set, but I'd like to see him even out the consistency a little more and play. Just be calm in the net. Out East, Boston clearly running the table there. 15 points clear of anyone else in the conference. The Canes became the second team to clinch a playoff spot in the East the other day with a win. Uh, When you look at the East, let's put Boston off to the side. Who's team number two when you look at that conference? (sighs) To me... (laughs) I, it's, it's, it's just a big glut here, man. You know, there is. Um, I, you know, I've, I've waffled on the Rangers being the number two team. I, I don't think Carolina is going to be the club coming out of the East. I just don't, man. I think last night was a microcosm against the Rangers. Guess what? Carolina couldn't score. <laughs> Anybody surprised here? Right? Like they, they don't have that mm-hmm. upper level scoring in my eyes to go head to head with these big dog teams with great goaltenders like the Rangers wish to steer it. So I, I, I don't want to believe that the Devils are going to be a team that comes out of the East. I just don't want to believe it. But I think it's foolish for me to believe otherwise. The question mark there is, is it going to be Vitek Vanacek or Akira Schmid in net? Schmid's outplayed Vanacek. Like, and he hasn't played as many games, but Schmid's been really good. So if I had to pick it now, I would go Rangers. And and I didn't expect to say that. You've got Lindgren out on D, you need him back. But I wasn't sure how it would work having Kane and Tarasenko, two big personalities, big time minute munchers in that lineup. I think they're still figuring it out. But look at Tarasenko, Panarin, Zabanaje last night. They had five points combined. Like they're rolling pretty well. So I guess I'll go Rangers behind the Bruins. All right, Mike, uh, appreciate your time today, man. I know you're busy. I know you got to run. So appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight today. Enjoy the games this weekend. 
Oh, man. For Tyler, for you and Liam, I just love hearing that British accent. Anytime I get a chance to hear Liam's voice, it makes me happy. That's why the chat was yeah. noticing that you were allowed in on the interview this time. It's a I'll, big moment for us. I'll ask two questions next time, Mike. Or double it each <laughs> good, time. Please do so. Just make sure they're good uh, ones. All right, dudes. I got to roll. Thanks for having me on today. See you there. There's Mike McKenna for Star Mechanical. You can check him out online. Starmechanical.ca, number one in Edmonton. They move efficiently. They move well. Like the power play, like the Oilers power play. Huh? I didn't hear what you said. Ah, well, don't worry <laughs> about it. Uh, let's move along. And uh, yeah, we, we can get to the bets for today. Oh, wait, actually. Okay. I had one thing which just kind of struck me as it as we were, Mike was talking about it there. But do you, when he was talking about Vegas' goaltending, do you remember back in their first season when basically every single goaltender they had just stopped, like couldn't yep. work? Mm-hmm. And they went through like six goaltenders. It's just yeah. kind of funny. They've been around for like six years and goaltenders has just been an absolute plague for them in so many ways. And I know they just absolutely axed Flurry for nothing. So it's kind of ironic how that just yeah. keeps happening to them. But yeah, I saw that was funny when he talked about it. So since their inception as a franchise, the Vegas Golden Knights have used 12 different goalies. Uh, Dylan Ferguson, Garrett Sparks, Yuri Patera, Oscar Dansk, Jonathan Quick, Maxime Lagasse, Laurent Brassois, Aiden Hill, Malcolm Subban, Logan Thompson, Robin Leonard, Mark Andre Fleury. Wow. That's a lot of goalies. That is a lot. And I remember all of them. Like Logan Ferguson just played the other day for Ottawa. He was the one who had that big game for Yeah, Dylan Ferguson. Yeah. Why did I call him Logan? Yeah. Logan Ferguson is somebody else. So it was, I think I, I did the math on DFO live. Cause if you remember that one game he played for the Vegas golden Knights, um, was actually more like one period. It was in a relief appearance right. against the Edmonton Oilers. He was on an emergency recall from the Kamloops, Kamloops. Blazers because right. Vegas had ran into so many injury issues. Edmonton lit up the starter. It was either Subban or Dansk, I think. Maybe it was Lagos. It was one of those three kind yeah. of minor league goalies they were using. Lit him up, popped home six. Ferguson had to come in for like the last half of the third period. He played nine minutes and 14 seconds against the Oilers on November 14th 2017 he goes like 1900 days later has not made an appearance in the nhl gets a start for the senators oh and he stops 48 shots in a victory over the pittsburgh penguins (laughs) and gets his name on this leaderboard most saves in a first career start unbelievable also shout out to our guy lb up at the top there 49 stops i think i remember that game actually the lb game was that against the Scrivens one the was Scrivens against San Jose. Yeah. Scrivens, Scrivens was against San Jose. I was at that game at Rexall place. I remember that. Um, and Scrivens was a shutout too, right? Cause he set the record, I think for most yep. saves in a shutout LB's game would have been oh, also against San Jose. He stopped 49 of 51 and uh, the Oilers lost the game to nothing. I had a, I had high hopes for LB. I mean, I he's still had a good career. Yeah. He's, he's had a good career. I just kind of wish he had, uh, I wish he kind of stuck around, but he's just a backup goalie at the end of the day. He was the backup for that 2017 run. run. People kind of forget that. Cam That's Talbot. right. He was with him and Cam Talbot. I, um, I watched the thing actually. Sorry. I don't know if this was today or yesterday, but it was 11 years ago that the Oilers clinched. Um, Sorry. It ended in an 11 year drought that the Oilers clinched the playoffs against the LA Kings. They beat the Kings 2-1. And that night, the Oilers clinched a playoff spot. So that would have been 2017. So that was not 11 years ago. <laughs> that was six years ago. Yeah. 
Just crazy. Time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Mulek says, Scrivesna was the most saves in a shutout of all time. I think yeah. so. I think so. Um, people talking about the quiet night tonight, maybe dig in some people. This, this one was a popular one in the chat. New season of Ted Lasso. Oh, I just watched season one last week. You uh, just got ep- sorry, into it. Sorry, episode one, episode oh. one of season three. I got to watch episode two. Good? Still. It's, it's a good show. Yeah. I'm sad. It's the last season. What? I think they said it's the last season of Ted Lasso. Third and final season. Oh, breaking. Maybe news. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope so. I, mean, I also hope so. I guess it makes sense. I did see something like that where it was like, uh, oh, we're not gonna like the story's kind of coming to an end. I thought yeah. they were I thought they was doing four though. Well they renewed it to four. Oh, maybe I'm but wrong. you know what's funny is Jamie Tart, the way he sounds, so he's from Manchester, which is kind of by where I'm from, but he's actually not from Manchester. So that accent he puts on is all fake. Really? So there's nothing like that. He's a very posh spoken person. I can't remember his name, but look it up if you if if you have I saw him in an interview the other day, it was kind of nuts to be honest. I, didn't, I couldn't believe it was him. Huh. Yeah, that is funny because that's an interesting thing. And we talked about that when the Germans were here too, but like accents change, like, oh, r- like street to mi- street. Yeah. Like micro regionally yeah. in Europe it is wild. Ah, uh, I'm going to have a piece coming up this weekend on Oilers nation, just talking a little bit about the Pacific division. And we didn't really drill into the other teams outside of Edmonton and Vegas too much with Mike McKenna, but Edmonton's been on a really good run since the trade deadline. Call it the Ekholm effect. Call it the Bukestad effect if you want. But these are how the three teams stack up since the deadline. And I mean, it's insane to look at the heater these three are on. You see here their goals per game and everything like that. Power play, penalty kill mixed in there. But since the trade deadline, these have actually been the three best teams in the entire NHL, Liam. Since March 3rd, points percentage. Edmonton, Vegas, LA. It actually goes LA one, Vegas two, Edmonton three, Vancouver at number four. The Pacific Division in the last three weeks has had the four best teams, not in the conference, in the entire NHL. Yeah, it is nuts. When I when I put this graphic together, I just clicked points percentage. And yeah, they were the top three teams. And basically every category I went across, they were the top three teams. And it's just Man, the Oilers are doing everything right at the moment. The unfortunate part is LA and Vegas are also doing everything yeah. right at the moment too. And it's just been it's just been difficult to get above them. But it's yeah, this specific division for what is supposedly the worst division in hockey sure looks pretty solid right now. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for Edmonton that they get red hot and like every other team around them is like, oh yeah, we're actually gonna start racking up points yeah. right now as well. Very frustrating. Um, LA only giving up 1.75 goals against per game. That's just, that is an eye popping statistic on that graphic. Copley and Corpusallo, not necessarily household names, but like shit. Jonas Corpusallo has been really good since joining the LA Kings. Gavrikov's given them this layer of depth on the blue line. Like the Kings are starting to look like a very well rounded team. I won't call them a wagon yet. They're missing that layer of high end skill. They don't have a player at 70 points yet this season, but their top nine is deep and dangerous. I'm going to say something, Tyler. And I don't know how this is going to be put across here. Okay. But are the LA Kings not similar to what Carolina are every single season? In the sense of like, goaltending is solid, defensively strong all the way through. They've got good scoring players, but just don't have those high-end guys, those got those game breakers. I know they've got Colt yeah. Tar, but he's definitely past his prime now. Fiala and Kempe are both really good, but 
it's just kind of how I see them. I legit think they are going to be very dangerous in the playoffs. They're going to be a tough out if the Oilers play them, Vegas, whoever it is. But I just, that's how I kind of vision them at the moment. The the only counter argument to that is when it comes to the forward group, like Aho, very, very good. Elite offensively. They go Kotkaniemi and Jordan Stahl underneath him. Sure. Versus when you look at the Kings, Kopitar and Deneau are like elite shutdown options, right? Mm-hmm. That makes them a more a bigger pain in the ass for a team like the Oilers. Because you know, to an extent, Deneau and Kopitar could get away with a lot in the playoffs. Again, the refs call a lot. I'm not saying there won't be power plays. You know me. Um, but those two specifically, they'll jump on the back of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. And, and they'll just do everything in their power to shut them down. The Kings would love to beat the Oilers 1-0 or 2-1 every single game. And with those two centers specifically, it's easier for them to run matchups versus a team like Carolina who is one shutdown guy. Stall. And that's, that's true. It. Yeah, I think um, I think over the years, it's kind of the Carolina is, is faded out a little bit more, but maybe mm-hmm. at their peak was when what I see is the Kings. But yeah, like having that Copatan to no sentiment duo down the middle is uh, is kind of what almost screwed you this last year, to be yeah. honest. So good team. I'm not dis- I'm not discrediting them. I just I don't know. I think they've uh, I think they're overachieving a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our Betway wrap for this evening's NHL slate. Quiet slate in the NHL. My picks. Thank you, Aaron. My picks on DFO Live. I've nailed eight in a row. Eight so my picks row. today are the Yuso Valimaki shot prop over one and a half paying minus 130. And I'm taking the Devils on the puck line tonight at minus one and a half. Liam, for our friends at Betway 19 plus, please play responsibly. What direction are you going tonight? I'm going in a winning direction, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, Jesper Bratt over two and a half shot prop. Two and a half shots minus 110. Missed it last game, but in three games prior to that. And then I'm just going to ride the disrespect of the what the Bucks are doing to the Arizona Coyotes right now. Somebody respect the Arizona Coyotes. Plus 140 for a team that has not lost on the puck line in 11 straight games. 11 straight game plus one and a half heater for the Yotes. Yeah. Oh, they've won because they won four of them in there yeah. too. So it's just like... Holy smokes, plus 140, like take away the name and just look at the record. I get it. Colorado is a great team. Arizona just took Colorado to overtime the other day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's just something about the Yotes. I've bound them a few times this season and it has gone relatively well because they're just mightily un- underappreciated for what they're actually good at. So I'll ride the Yotes tonight. Only three games. So there you go. See what happens. I'll let you know tomorrow. All right. We will dig into it. Tomorrow is a short for giant game day edition of our show. Shout out to Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, some people in the chat asking about Pride Night for the Oilers tomorrow. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team, though, will not be wearing Pride jerseys, but they've never really done that. They actually never have. They've always yeah. done things in different ways. And one way they support that community is by wearing pride tape, which actually has a unique tie to Edmonton. And I kind of appreciate that more, honestly. Yeah. When actually we were at Nate Tyler, I did a story on this pride tape and I, the name is escaping me. The, the gentleman who made it, but it's created in Edmonton. The mm-hmm. hockey pride tape is made in Edmonton and that's why the others do it that way. And I think it's a, it's a cool, unique way for the Edmonton to do it and to show a little bit more respect for, for what pride night is supposed to be about. And yeah, yeah it's a, it should be a fun night. I was reading uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman had a thing of the athletic and Zach Hyman had some really good quotes in there about how it's important that we, we do these nights. And apparently there's going to be a bunch of stuff around Rogers place too, with like booths and, and kind of just people telling a bit yeah. more information about it, I guess. 
Yeah, and uh, if you do want some Oilers Pride gear, their store does sell some yeah. as well. So uh, no shortage of stuff. There's a nice pick of Yamamoto rocking his Pride tape as well. Uh, so expect to see a bunch of the Oilers, if not all the Oilers, rocking some Pride tape on their sticks in warm-up for tomorrow's game against the Golden Knights. Also, before we wrap up, wanted to point out, as the Oilers did on their official Twitter, that today is a very... Call it a heartwarming anniversary. On this day, one year ago today, the fan base changed forever, I'd say, because yeah. it was Ben Stelter's skating, uh, his Scotiabank Skater Day. Yeah. So, I mean, we all remember it. Um, and it was awesome the way he skated out, the way McDavid kind of embraced him. And I mean, it's, it's awesome. And again, heartwarming to think of, uh, of the bond that Ben created with, uh, with the team, with the players, with McDavid specifically and everything that's happened since then him getting to go on the road and see him in the playoffs him getting to be in the tunnel with the guys him getting to watch his Edmonton Oilers go on to a conference final last season so much great stuff and I mean the impact of Ben is still had everywhere in the fan base I mean the the Ben Stelter Memorial Hockey Tournament I played mm. in a couple months ago was great. The Ben Stelter Fund um, that his parents have put together, and they're just awesome the way that they've taken this in such an unfortunate, sad situation and turned it into a way to make a positive impact for a bunch of kids like Ben who maybe wouldn't have had a chance to get these experiences that they're going to get from the Ben Stelter Foundation if it wasn't for all this. So another reminder of how awesome this fan base is, how awesome Ben was a year ago today. We met him. And uh, his impact, man, it is it is not going anywhere. Yeah, it, it's it's endless. Like we'll never forget Ben, yeah. obviously. And that night specifically was just really cool to watch the game and his initial skate on ice for the anthem, and then also his post game interviews with, oh, yeah, with, with Hyman. Hyman and <laughs> wasn't the one with Mike Smith too. Yeah. It was like careful, they'll turn on you quick. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then everyone obviously, lost. yeah, that was funny. And then dressing room with the jacket and all that kind of stuff, and and we ended up getting that cool. Um, what was it? The the player card of Ben and Connor on oh, the yeah. play line too. So a lot of good memories with Ben specifically from this day one year ago. And yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty more still to come. Yeah, uh, there is something going on with the Oilers too. Uh, people asking about the YouTube. We're rebranding this channel. There is no new Oilers Nation channel. Mm-hmm. The Nation Network is becoming Oilers Nation on YouTube. We're making that change the second this show ends. So make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. It's all Oilers content on this channel down the stretch through the regular season (laughs) and into the playoffs. Yeah, that was a good one, Aaron. Uh, Again, big shout out to Ben. That was a great way to end the show. We'll be back tomorrow with a short for giant game day edition of the show. Oilers golden Knights going to be an awesome weekend of playoff like hockey in Edmonton. Shout out to our friends at star mechanical Betway 19 plus, please play responsibly sports closet in the sports closet studio. And AMA Travel will have three big things coming up next week as well. And hopefully it's a big win for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Mountain Time. Chat with you then. 